On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we are doing a combo episode, KU Marquette recap after getting crushed by the Golden Eagles and KU Tennessee look ahead and preview for the third place game of the Maui Invitational. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Just couldn't end the streak. They finished third place at the ESPN Events Invitational a couple years ago. They lost in the, the championship game of the Battle for Atlantis last year. They could not end the two-year ride of being without a non-conference preseason tournament, whatever you want to call it, championship. That will continue on for three straight years, unfortunately. Kansas loses to Marquette. It was an ugly loss for KU. We're going to break it down on today's episode and preview the KU-Tennessee game at the end of this episode to make sure you're tuning in for the entire thing. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday at Rock Chalk Sports Talk, 3 to 6 on KLWN and Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. Free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and you can also find us on our YouTube page. We are brought to you today by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy with Prize Picks. So we're talking KU Marquette to open things up. We're going to get to our goats of the game, and then we're going to finish up with our KU Tennessee preview. You know, uh, this was always a bad matchup for KU. I said it leading up to the show. Stylistically, this was a bad matchup for KU. On top of that, you have a very experienced Marquette team that brought like everyone back except for one of their key players from a year ago. So everybody knows their roles, their experience, whereas Kansas is still figuring out Who's going to be the fifth starter? They're still figuring out who's going to be the first two or three guys off the bench. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? What am I going to be good at? What am I going to be good at? How are we going to fit together? How are we going to play together? You're figuring that out. They're a good matchup for you because they can space you out and shoot threes, and, and that's a bit of an issue we might have for the defense. You have a freak of nature at center who can you know cause all sorts of issues at kind of both ends of the floor uh, against what you're going with. And when you look at KU's usual big advantages, it's by having Dewan Harris, it's by having Hunter Dickinson, and having Kevin McCuller. Well, Kevin was great in this game, but your normal advantage of having Hunter Dickinson against another center – kind of eliminated by Igadara in this game. Uh, your normal advantage of having Dewan Harris against another point guard uh, eliminated because Tyler Kolek is probably the best point guard in the country for Marquette. And so bad stylistic matchup uh, against a really good team. Like Marquette is one of the best teams in the country. And then on top of all of that, you played bad. I mean, that's just it, just part of the game. Like you played bad and they played good. Like there were times where it felt like they had six or seven guys on the court. They, I mean, tip of the cap to Marquette. Uh, pressuring KU, they were just tipping like every pass. It felt like they had 40 passes. It felt like there was no clean passes. It felt like every time somebody caught a ball that they were getting doubled, and then even when they were being doubled, they would throw the ball to the next guy, and then they would just be doubled. It was it was crazy. Made them feel uncomfortable. You helped lead to bad play. Like what Marquette did led to a lot of what KU did bad. And, you know, I'll say this now, like Dewan Harris, excellent point guard, but Tyler Kolek, I think, had the better advantage of him in the matchup and is the best point guard in the country in my eyes, especially after watching that game. Um, and I don't know if it's a physicality thing or what, just not KU's day, whatever it was. The lack of defensive rebounding against a bad offensive rebounding team, like uh, the turnovers, it was frustrating, but you can understand why that can happen that early in the season to an experienced team who plays that hard on the defensive end. 18 turnovers, way too many, way too many unforced, right? But you can see how that would happen this early in the season. The offensive rebounding, like where they had 12 of them and they got a bunch in the first half and, and a bunch of meaningful ones. 
against a team who was ranking in like mid 200, I think 255 coming into the game and offensive rebounding rate. And you let that be a problem for you in this game. That's not good. It just felt like a lack of hustle or energy or effort for you in this game. Crazy part is Marquette shot 45% from the floor. Kansas shot 41. That's not that big of a difference. Kansas actually shot 35% from three. They were six of 17. Marquette shot six of 25. That was 24%. If you said both of those things happened, you'd be like, okay, KU was in the game. If they didn't win the game, you would think it was close, not a 14-point loss, 73 to 59. The problem was that you missed a billion free throws to open up when you had some chances there. You got killed in points off turnovers, 20 to 9. Those extra six turnovers, the extra offensive rebounds that you gave up allowed Marquette to have 10 more field goal attempts, eight more three-point attempts, and that's where they won the game. It was just by kind of pure volume. They beat you 46 to 26 in points in the paint. 27 to 15 and bench points. Like there's so many things you could go across here of what went wrong for KU. So, um, you know, those things happen and it was unfortunate that kind of led to this loss. And, you know, no, we are no closer to fulfilling a better bench or figuring out who the fifth guy is or figuring out who the best guys off the bench are and who's going to contribute for this team. We are no closer to that because, you know, it, it was again, kind of a struggle for, for some of these guys competing for those spots. Like, El Marco had zero points in 21 minutes. Uh, Furphy had a couple good flashes, but they were attacking him over and over on the defensive end of the court. McDowell hits the one three, but ends up one for five. Like Nick Timberlake goes one for five, misses two free throws, misses a dunk, uh, misses a breakaway layup in the second half, misses a wide open court. Like it's just not happening right now for the KU bench. Can they get it figured out? Obviously. And again, like one team, Marquette is bringing back like everyone. They know their roles. They've played together. Experience matters in college basketball, especially this early in the season. So when you add all that stuff in, it makes sense. But now you have to regroup and play a rugged, rough Tennessee team who whooped you in the battle for Atlantis last year on a quick turnaround. Otherwise, you're sitting at four and two with UConn coming in on Friday, who, by the way, UConn has won like it's like 20 something straight, 22 straight against non-con teams by 10 plus points. So they're not just winning. They're blowing them out. Um, but before we get too far in any of that, I, I do want to say, like, I think KU will be just fine. Now, saying just fine can be relative. Like, what do I mean by just fine? Do I mean just fine and that they're still going to be one of the best teams in the country, that they still could be the best team in the country? I don't know if that's what I mean when I'm fine, because there is a part of me that sits there and goes, you know, Kansas has four really good college players, but all of which are are have some sort of flaw, right? Like Hunter Dickinson, it's the, I don't know, maybe athleticism or defending in space. With Dewan Harris, it's the, uh, I don't know, maybe scoring ability or playing against physicality. Maybe that, that's been a challenge. With Kevin McCuller, it's been the three-point shooting, although, you know, we've seen times where that's been better uh, in, in some of these games. But I, I guess maybe even the uh, – I saw some NBA people talking about the, the decision-making or the turnover issues there. So, I, I don't know. Maybe that would be the thing. With KJ Adams, it's the lack of shooting, right? All really good players. All of those players are and can contribute to winning. And this team doing a lot of things and, and you know, winning all sorts of championships. Like, you can still win. We, we saw Kansas – get blown out to Kentucky and win a national championship. So I'm, I'm never going to preclude anything like that happening. Um, but there is a part of me that looks at that and goes, okay, you have four really good college players. They all have their flaws though. And then what else do you have? Maybe you'll have more by the end of the season and you have a lot of young guys that should get better. But what scares me is typically when we've seen the stories of KU players or KU teams that have gotten better from, you know, November to March or whatever it is, a lot of times it's just, okay, they changed something up schematically or they made a lineup change. Like Landon Lucas is now in the starting lineup as a junior center. 
or it's one of their veteran players, older players who starts playing better. Like you think of Malik Newman going off in March, right? Like you think of Remy Martin, who's a veteran college basketball player going off in March for Kansas. The problem is that you are banking on your bench being all freshmen. And on one hand, that gives you a high ceiling to be like, okay, well, they should improve as the season goes on if they're freshmen. But that's been the problem. Who's the last Bill Self freshman who completely went from, you know, point A to point B first half freshman season to the second half freshman season. Usually we don't see that jump till maybe future years. Like Kelly Oubre certainly is the last one that comes to mind for me. Like think about last year, MJ Rice, that never materialized. The freshman centers who were always rotating in and the idea was, okay, by March, like one of these guys could get going. That never materialized. That is a little bit scary because the makeup of this bench with Johnny Furphy, with Jamari McDowell, with, and when I say bench, I, I more so just mean the fifth starter plus the bench. So El Marco Jackson in there too is a lot of freshmen. And that is a little bit scary that you're not getting much there right now. Could it get better? Are all those players talented and will be good players at some point in time? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. But will it happen this year? Will it happen in a month? Will it happen in two? You know, that that's the challenge that you're kind of facing on here. So I think Kansas will be fine relatively. But again, does fine mean, you know, getting a three seed in the NCAA tournament and losing in the Sweet 16? Because for Kansas fans, the expectations are final four, right? The expectations are national championship. The expectations are, are this and that. Or is fine mean that, you know, in two months from now, if you replayed this game, it would be completely different. Kansas would have a better handle of how to deal with pressure and would know what everybody wants. And some of the players are coming wrong. Like, uh, like I, I mean, that that's kind of time will tell on, on that. I know that's not a uh, predictive answer or anything that I can give you, but that's just kind of where it is. So I think overall they're going to be fine. Marquette's a really good team. They played a good game. They played a tough style to go against. Stylistically, bad matchup for KU. KU also played a bad game, and they're still figuring some stuff out. I think they're going to be fine long-term, but certainly this was a big gut punch and, and kind of a realization that, hey, Kansas is a good team. There are a lot of other really good teams out there that might be just as good, if not better, than Kansas at this point in time. Right, we're going to continue on with our goats of the game, good and bad. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have winning up to 25 times your money this football or basketball season. You just select two up to six or players on more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. Um, I have not been having fun watching sports teams with Kansas and the chiefs over these, these last couple of days, tough losses, tough losses, man. But I've been having fun with prize picks because you know, it's, it's a little less tethered down and uh, you can have a lot of fun. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types or make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college with code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We'll get on to our KU Tennessee preview at the end of this, and then we'll have a KU Tennessee recap coming up. Uh, I guess it is Wednesday when I'm recording this late into the night uh, after the KU Marquette game ended so late. Uh, but we'll get to our good goats, bad goats here. Uh, let's start with the good. I, Kevin McCuller deserves a good goat here. Kevin McCuller was, was really good in this game. He finished with 24 points, 9 of 14 from the floor. You saw the three-point shooting again. He went two for four from three. He also had eight rebounds, three assists for you in the game. Yes, you'd like to see the turnovers get down from six, but like everybody important was turning it over. Um, Dewan only had two, um, but it, it just felt disorganized. Dickinson had five. McCuller had six, so 
Overall, Kevin McCuller, uh, really good game for KU in this one. Um, I, I thought Jamari McDowell in the first half would get a good go here, but for the game, it's hard to give him one. Um, I thought there were stretches where McDowell looked good. I thought there were stretches where Johnny Furphy looked good, but I don't know. It's it's tough to give it to, to something really uh, kind of besides that, I guess, to this point. Um, KU was 16 of 37 on two point shots. So that's been a calling card for them. So I can't even give that like a good goat in this game. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to like pick and choose what other than Kevin McCuller kind of went right for you in this game. I guess the three point defense was fine. You held them to six of 25. So like that didn't end up being a problem for you. So I don't know, maybe that would be the one, um, maybe it would be, uh, Dewan Harris's defense of Tyler Kolek. He went three for nine. He had six points. I thought Kolek was in complete control of the game. I know the stats don't look great for Kolek, but I, I thought he was in control of the game and, and with KU it was a little more frantic, but I don't know. Maybe that would be where he'd go with it. As far as the bad goats in the game for KU here, I'm obviously going to have more. I don't know. I guess I could have Hunter Dickinson is a good goat, 13 points, eight rebounds, five, 10, three assists, but didn't feel like a great Hunter game either. It's, it's just hard in this one. Um, Handling pressure gets a bad goat here. Obviously, 18 turnovers. Uh, this was a game where, you know, Kansas still put up good assist numbers. They had 17. Marquette had 13. Um, but it was just the other stuff. Like, I don't know. You just you struggled to deal with the pressure and the high-flying defense of Marquette. Maybe that's something as the season goes on. Because a lot of Big 12 defenses kind of play that way, where they're playing high pressure and put a lot of pressure on the ball. Uh, maybe that's just something that takes time over the season and KU will be able to figure out the defensive rebounding. Like I said, Marquette came in 255th in the country in offensive rebounding rate, and you allowed them to get 12 offensive rebounds. You meanwhile had 24 defensive rebounds. So that means they grabbed a rate of about 33% of their misses, which uh, yeah, that's not great for, for a team that doesn't really grab a lot of offensive rebounds. Uh, the free throw shooting gets a bad goat here, nine of 16 for the game. So that was actually a good finish for you. Cause I think they were over six, to start. So that would have made them nine for 10 to finish, but you know, overall that nine of 16 uh, you, you would have liked to see them make, you know, maybe three more there and maybe over the course of the game, when it points, you're, you're down 11 points. Now it's eight. And now it feels a little bit more like a game and maybe you have a little bit more passion and energy coming from, from the crowd and, and from everything that's kind of going with the game. Uh, the point guard center matchup, I, I think it's a bad go here just from the standpoint of like, you expected this to be even, if not an advantage for KU, because that's what you expect most games when you have Dewan Harrison, Hunter Dickinson. But in this game, Igadoro had 21 points, nine rebounds. He was excellent. He was unstoppable. Like I said, Tyler Kolek, the stats don't look great. Six points, four rebounds, four assists, uh, three of nine from the floor. But I thought he was in control and, and getting guys open looks and uh, initiating the offense and everything. And Dewan just struggled a little bit. Two of eight from the floor, three rebounds, only three assists, only four points for Dewan. Uh, in 36 minutes of action. Uh, that was something that the idea was, you know, you, you need to win that those matchups are be even there because if KU doesn't have a great bench, if KU doesn't have a great fifth starter, you have to make up for it somewhere. And they weren't able to do that in this game. Uh, Nick Timberlake gets a bad goat here. Five points, one of five from the floor. He did hit a three late in the second half, but that sequence where it went, I, I guess technically missed dunk. He, he did get fouled, but then misses both free throws then misses the corner three. He gets beat on the drive to the rim and gives up the layup. Like it's just, it's really tough. And KU was really reliant on somebody being able to be a reliable three point shooter. The idea was, you know, Nick Timberlake would help with that. He would help with the spacing. He would help be a veteran player, a calming presence, an experienced guy on the court. And right now that's just not coming together. I, I, I 
just kind of feel bad with, with how it started to be completely honest, but um, yeah, you, you need to find more from the bench overall. I mean, that would probably get a bad goat here too. Uh, the bench continues to, to not provide you much. Like you look at the bench scoring in this game, you're outscored 27 to 15. So you lose that by 12, you lose the game by 14, right? So uh, not a lot went right for KU in this game. Now, again, I still think Dewan Harris is an excellent point guard. I still think Hunter Dickinson is an all-American caliber big man. I still think Kevin McCuller is, is an all-Big 12 and NBA draft pick wing. I still love K.J. Adams, and, you know, he, he didn't have a great game today, but uh, he's dealing with some emotional stuff, so you can understand that. I still think the KU bench has a ton of talent. We'll see if they actualize it this year and they realize it this year. There are a lot of things still going for KU. Um, but this was, yeah, like I said earlier, this was uh, kind of a gut punch. All right, KU's playing Tennessee now in the third place game. We're moving on. Let's get to our preview of Kansas versus Tennessee with this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. First, we are brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so you can spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, finishing things up with our KU Tennessee preview. It'll be the third place game of the Maui Invitational. As far as some of the storylines in this one, I guess it is a rematch of last year's battle for Atlantis championship, which you do have a decent amount of players back for both teams, but obviously some newcomers and some players that are no longer there. Uh, but KU got kind of punked in that game physically. Uh, so we'll see how this one goes because KU coming off the Marquette game, you know, that, that's going to be kind of a challenge. Can you deal with physicality and, and what they bring? And, uh, you know, this is a chance to finish two and one against a tough field. There's no shame in going two and one in this version of the Maui Invitational. The thing is, if Kansas loses this game, people are going to be like, okay, well, what is this team? Because the thing is, you know, it'd be one thing if like, like obviously Purdue, this can't happen anymore. But if Purdue would have finished one and two, if Purdue would have lost to Tennessee and then lost the third place game, they could walk away from it being like, okay, well, we lost to Tennessee and then we lost to Kansas and we beat a uh, top 15 Gonzaga team. Like we still come away with something, right? For Kansas, because their first game was Chaminade, if you walk away from this thing one and two and you lose this game and your only win is a D2 school, right? It feels like there, there's a little bit of, I don't know, you didn't really gain much out of this. As far as the uh, Tennessee scouting report, they're ranked uh, in the top 10 still on Ken Palm, number one defense in the country on Ken Palm, top 35 offense. Now it's, it's certainly kind of classic Tennessee of the last couple of years that the offense, not as good as the defense, but they have a little more offensive punch this year because uh, Dalton connect has added a really good offensive focus for them. The uh, Scovey who really played well against Kansas last year in the battle for Atlantis and really good shooter for them has kind of struggled in the, the two Maui games. So I don't know, maybe that means he's doing, he's going to go off against Kansas because we've seen that happen so many times, but um, this is a Tennessee team. They avoid turnovers on the offensive end. They get to the free throw line in a decent amount. Um, they're actually been decent at three-point shooting. They haven't been great at it, but they haven't been, you know, slightly above average, I guess. Haven't been good at two-point shooting offensively. 
Um, so that could be a good thing for KU in this game. But yeah, they're avoiding steals. They're taking a good amount of threes. The defensive end is, is where they are stellar. I mean, they're, they're just basically great at everything defensively. They force turnovers. They uh, play really good interior defense. They play really good exterior defense, which I think has to do with their physicality and the fact that you know, if you struggle to get shots inside, they know stuff is going to be coming from the outside. Um, they get a good amount of blocks. They get a decent amount of steals. Uh, the only thing they're not great at is rebounding, but they're not bad at it either. They're basically just like an average rebounding team at both ends of the court, which um, I guess didn't really matter in the Marquette game for Kansas because Marquette was kind of below average to bad at both ends of rebounding, and that didn't really matter for uh, this game. So uh, as far as the lineups that they're playing, Zakai Ziegler and Jordan Ganey are going to be kind of their top uh, guard type. Santiago Vescovi is uh, a, a shooting guard, pure shooter guy. Dalton Connect is, you know, came over from Northern Colorado. Uh, maybe KU should have been in more on him on the transfer portal. He put up like 20 points per game at Northern Colorado, and he's done really well at Tennessee so far. They have Mayshack, who's just kind of a good perimeter defender. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James, kind of a swingman, do-it-all, like good defender, four-man. And then they have a bunch of size and physicality. that They'll just rotate different bodies with different types at the center position, including Jonas Adu, who is uh, a good center for them that, that can really – uh, beat you up kind of down low and um, we'll we'll see because there were like 55 fouls in the Tennessee Purdue game so hopefully we don't get that level of play but as far as the matchups of the game it is KU versus the physicality of Tennessee uh, you struggle with some of the ball pressure with Marquette well you're gonna have to deal with physical pressure in this game you have to avoid steals you have to finish strong you have to rebound hard you have to get loose balls you have to deal with those stronger bumps that you're taking on screens or just trying to run into their bodies you have to be a physical strong team and against Marquette it didn't feel like Kansas responded to the challenge a little bit of a different challenge you know sort of physical but it was more of a physical like speed thing this one's physical like a strong thing but how can you respond in a game like this and furthermore to that Hunter Dickinson against the Tennessee power inside. Tennessee's been good at blocking shots. Two-point defense is great. They rotate bodies at you. Can Hunter Dickinson have a big game after having just 13 points last game against Marquette? Uh, KU at the free throw line. Just had a bad free throw shooting game. You went 9 of 16 against Marquette. Well, Tennessee does foul a lot on the defensive end. That's really the one thing they don't do well. They foul a lot on the defensive end. So you're going to have opportunities at the free throw line. Well, you better make them at a higher clip than you did in the Marquette game. As far as the player matchup, it's Kevin McCuller versus Dalton Connect. McCuller coming off a really good game against Marquette. He's been excellent so far this season on both ends of the floor. And Dalton Connect, as I mentioned, has been really good for Tennessee. He's been their leader on the offensive side of the ball. He shoots threes. He uh, is, is just kind of a versatile wing forward type. Um, and so he's kind of playing the three for them. So that should be a fun matchup. He's averaging 19 points per game. He's not a great defender, so I think McCuller could have some advantages there. But he's going to make Kevin McCuller really work on the defensive end too. And if you can shut him down, the rest of the Tennessee offense isn't great overall. Zakai Ziegler still coming back from some of that ACL injury. So um, I also want to see how Dewan Harris responds. He fouled out last year in this matchup against Tennessee. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, and, and coming off that Marquette game. So uh, we'll see what happens in uh, this one with KU Tennessee, which it is a 1.30 game. Uh, pre-game will start at 12 o'clock on KLWN and 105.9 KISS in Lawrence. And uh, then we'll have a you know post-game recap at some point here with Locked on Jayhawks. Thanks for tuning in the show. You can uh, find us anywhere you get your podcast and or on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. See you next time with LOJ.